friends. Welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I am your host, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has planted extraordinary and unique gifts inside of you? But things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing those gifts into our world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics that will help move you confidently in the direction of your God-given dreams. Today's guest, Dr. Cindy Haggerton, had to wrestle with wounds, fear, and even lies as she walked through the valleys of infidelity and infant loss in her marriage. Cindy was very honest and open about those valleys, but she left us with some great insight and practical tips on how to come out victoriously on the other side. You're going to want to listen all the way to the end because we have a special offer just for Real Talk with Rachel listeners. I know you're going to love Cindy just as much as I do. So let's go ahead and jump right into our conversation. Hey, Cindy, how are you doing? Hey, hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to have you on. You know, whenever I started my podcast over a year ago now, I have a little running note on my phone of all the people I want to have on the podcast and you were one of them. So I'm excited it finally worked out for us to get together and do this. Me too. That is super humbling to hear. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So you and I actually kind of go way back, but before I share how I know you, why don't you just tell everybody listening a little about yourself and your family? So our go way back thing almost makes me want to cry because my baby's about to be three next week, which is insane because we met way back when both of our motherhood journeys were starting, right? Um, So when you say stuff like that and it pinpoints back to motherhood stuff, it just makes me realize how quickly my kids are growing. Um, So I know that you'll probably cover this, so maybe our story will overlap, but we actually met because my husband, I believe, was treating you guys in the office when your husband was in school. And so we are both chiropractors by trade and for a long time ran um, a pediatric and pregnancy focused um, family wellness chiropractic office. And so we are no longer in practice, which we may get into a little bit of that story, Um, but life has transitioned. And so I always tell people by trade, we're chiropractors, but um, these days mainly find me at home, mommy and my four kiddos. Yeah. And you know, I don't even remember how we came across your practice. I think maybe through church or something, we were in your life group and then we came across your practice and you guys were played a really big part in how we now raise our kids in regards to all the health side of things. And that is another topic for another day. I, <laughs> we, before we got on this call, we were kind of talking about which things should we talk about? Cause we could totally do an entire episode all on health things related and all of that, but we kind of felt led to go in a different direction today. So we will have to do a follow-up. Uh, on the other topic. But yeah, I just remember we went to your office and then we were in your life group. And that was back when my husband was in school. And now we have found each other in the same path again. Our kids are in school again together. That's so fun. And I love looking back over the years of how the Lord just like continues to weave stories together. Yeah. So fun. Okay. So the thing we settled on that we felt like God really wanted us to chat about was marriage. That tends to be the topic that is just really burning um, in Matt and I's hearts. And then I know in you and Jim Bob's hearts. And so if you can tell us a little about your marriage story. 
Absolutely. Well, I always like to say when I'm on these things by myself, and by the way, you were asking me earlier, so I'll just go ahead and little spoiler alert. I've been interviewed for a lot of things, but this is my first official podcast. So hopefully we do this thing correctly. Um, but you guys can't see, although you're only hearing my voice that I am doing this interview solo, my hubby is out of town. And so because this does share our story, which obviously entails him, um, I just always like to preface this with the fact that I have his his full total support and release to share as he texted me earlier today to share whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Um, and so know that you guys are hearing my side of this and there's always um, two sides to every story, but I always think that's really important to share, especially because we're speaking about another person just that he gives full permission on that. I love, I'm going to interject for a second and say, I love that you said that because I think that's so important for sure in a husband-wife relationship, but quite frankly, across the board. I can't tell you the number of times I've sat in an audience and somebody totally exposed another person, maybe it was a friend, a parent, I don't know, and they never got that person's permission. Oh, that causes so much damage. So thank you for just laying the groundwork. That's so, so valuable. Okay, so carry on. <laughs> um, and so why the topic of marriage and that's on our heart so much. And, um, as you hear our story and just what some of what, because obviously we can't um, have enough time tonight to share the whole thing and all of that until, um, but a lot of, frankly, you know, I've sat down with Jim Bob before and just kind of reminiscing on things and just where life has led us. And we always say like, this is definitely not the story that we were standing on the altar, taking our vow and expected the Lord to write, um, neither in what happened in our marriage. And then later on, just some of the other heartbreak that we have gone through. And so it is a story of that, but like the Lord so often does, and hopefully, you know, we see it on the side of heaven, but sometimes we just have to trust and take him at his word that what he promises he will do, he will. Um, but we have fortunately seen a lot of redemption in the things that were lost, both in our marriage story. And then we've gone through a child loss, which we'll get into in a little bit. And then just a big um, health journey with him these past couple of years where he was actually in a wheelchair. And so we just look over that and we're just like, my goodness, like valley after valley after valley, when we didn't expect not only to not see one of these, but not to see this time after time again. And so the reason why it is so on my heart to talk about marriage is because when I was going into all of these stories and before the valleys happened, I think I just thought as somebody who was raised in a Christian home and just always knew the Lord, you know, from the time that I can remember, which ironically enough on that note too, <laughs> February 21st, which is when this podcast is being recorded. And um, today is my 19 year anniversary of knowing the Lord and trusting him to lead my life. And so I just thought that that was really fun. Again, he is in the details, right? That's so um, cool. That you had asked me today. Yeah. So 19 years of knowing the Lord. And so going into this and in the early parts of marriage, we were really prideful and really thought that we had advice to give people and ground to stand on. Um, but what I have found in both seeking out advice and then just in being able to tell our story after we have been some time removed from the tragedy and the valleys of this stuff is that you do when walking through things and allowing the Lord to lead you through that and standing on the other side of redemption, get a certain amount of authority um, in speaking to that. And so I always tell people, people that when they apologize, you know, for asking about our story or causing me to talk about it. And so sometimes they'll say like, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm bringing up the pain or that we're having to discuss this. And what I tell them that they may not know what I remind myself of, because sometimes it is hard to revisit those tough places, is that during the middle of our whole lowest part of our marriage valley, 
I kept telling the Lord, if you will just please pull us through this, I promise to tell this story over and over again because I wanted Satan to so regret who he had messed with and wanted to give the Lord glory for what he was bringing us through. And so it is my absolute joy out of the pain to tell the story over and over again if it can paint hope for one person because I know when I was in that season, I was so looking for who has survived and walked through this and not only survived, but who's thriving on the other side. Um, and so to know that we can be those people who can point to hope for people that you can pull through this and not only survive it, but then thrive on the other side. It's just that brings so much healing still to any of the pain that's left from that, just to know that he can bring good out of those circumstances. I love that perspective because not everybody takes that perspective when we go through valleys, you know, and so for you just to say, hey, if this could help even one person, then I will speak. And I, I absolutely love that. And I've seen the Lord bless you for doing that as well and open doors for you to minister to a lot of people because of it. So where do you want to start on? I know you said um, we could be here for a while if we heard the whole <laughs> marriage story. Which pieces of it do you feel like God is leading you to share today? I love, um, sorry, I just asked you a question. I'm going to say one more thing before I let you answer. But I actually wrote down when you said that you went from valley after valley after valley. And that says something about you guys, because a lot of people, when we go to valley, maybe number two or three, we're like, all right, I'm going to stay here. I'm done. You know, like that was the, that's my final valley. I can't do another valley. So I, I would love to just kind of hear how you guys have kept getting back up after yeah. you hit those valleys. And that's not to say, Rachel, that I didn't feel that way. <laughs> and a lot of times that I don't still feel that way because then you saying that I'm like, yep, I identify it with that. But it is a conscious choice to remember. And um, even when we talk about the marital struggles, whether it's that specifically or another valley, that your feelings really are just feelings and they're not reality. And also that our feelings tend to follow what our actions are and not mm. the other way around. Um, and so we have to act oftentimes in order to feel. And so really it is an act of like taking those thoughts captive wherever they're at or just, hey, doing it anyways, even when you don't feel like it to get through that. And I can definitely say um, marriage struggles. That was the biggest first like valley of things not going the way that I selfishly in the flesh wanted them to. Um, and me realizing that really the only person um, who I am in control over is me. Um, and that's between me and the Lord. And I have to leave, you know, his sovereignty over other people's choices and leave them in his hands because it's really only me and him that I have <laughs> responsibility for. But marriage struggles were definitely the first time that I was like, oh, my word. It's not going to just happen, you know, the way I want, because I pray a, then I get B or because I do a, then I get B. Um, and so I think when we went through the big marriage struggle and I'll share more specifics about that in a little bit so that you guys um, know specifically what I'm speaking to on that and can find maybe parts of your story that you identify with mine as to why this would be even um, help you through whatever you're dealing with when you listen to this and like who we are and what we've gone through and stuff. But I can definitely say that when we got on the other side of our marriage struggle, I was like, okay, we checked that off. Like, good Lord, I'm through my one, you know, big valley. We survived. Yay. Let's go on. And just, you know, again, thought in my naivety that life was just going to be hunky dory because you do the perfect thing and you have your one challenge and you're check and done. But like I said, that was not the end of our story. And would I go through that again, knowing what was on the other side, 110%? Yes, because I realized that it's about so much more of what he's developing in me and my relationship with him. And am I again, going to take him at who he says he is, even when things don't turn out the way that I would have written my story? Oh, that's so powerful. And I love that you said that you would 110% would do that again, 
that's just such a powerful revelation to have and um, to be able to say and stand on. So go ahead and share with everybody what you're referring to when you say your marriage struggles. Okay. So um, it's a lot easier because again, I'm not in control of who's going to listen to this podcast. And so Rachel and I are really just trusting the Lord with that. And we prayed that the people who need to hear this will, um, but just know that if we were sitting down face to face and I knew your story, it would be a little bit easier for me just to unpack all of mine. And so know that you're only hearing you know bits and pieces of this. And again, I would love if Jim Bob was able to sit here beside me and share this together, but the short and sweet of it is that, and yes, now it is sweet on the side of it. <laughs> It wasn't sweet walking through all of it in the midst of it, as you will hear. We were married back in 2003. So in April, we will actually celebrate 16 years, which is all to the credit of the Lord and not us on our own. We would have made a total mess out of this and we did for quite some time. Um, And so frankly, we went into marriage really naive. We were super duper young. Um, A lot of people, you know, have things to say about you getting married young. And we were just like, nope, we'll grow old together. We'll grow together. You know, this will be great and easy. And it was for the most part when we look back on things you know there were little things getting used to somebody and their own selfish ways and stuff even though we started things out early together and so there weren't as many habits to break and as many things to get used to in another person as you might experience if you had gotten married older and so things were relatively easy we both came from um, homes where both of our parents were married and never outwardly showed major struggles and so we just kind of went along. I can remember, um, and when we look back on things, when we say like, where was our biggest downfalls? Um, not only would we tell you selfishness, but our big one would be pride. Mm-hmm. Um, we would sit in church and when they would mention like marriage retreats or marriage conferences and stuff, we would kind of poke each other and giggle, like who goes to those things and who needs those only people who are majorly, you know, in trouble. And so we definitely weren't the people that were like, oh, we need checkups or need care in our marriage because it just relatively came pretty easy up until we had our first child. Um, And so about six years into marriage, we had our first child. And if there's any selfishness left in you, then parenting tends to start squeezing that out. (laughs) And so any of it that we could hide um, just from us being together came out a little bit with our first child, but we were still able to kind of quote unquote play house and survive um, through that season. And then when he was about a year and a half old, we got pregnant with our second child. And that's when the squeeze started to happen a little bit tighter. Um, and the selfishness really came out. We were both still trying to work and opening up different companies in the midst of our, our chiropractic office. And so life just got really, really hectic. And both of us just kind of went our own ways instead of growing together. We were as you hear, because there's nothing new under the sun. Um, and so in all of these stories, even though the circumstances may be a little bit different, the main um, roots of things are the same. And so we started to grow apart just in him um, really being being focused on our office because he had to carry the weight of that and me being focused at home with the kids and what all that entailed at the young age of no sleep and nursing around the clock and, you know, all the fun. Um, And so in that we had some relationships that were unhealthy and um, weren't really pressing into our church small group as we had been before, weren't really making a priority of um, our quiet times or being in church. And not that those things fix things, but they're definitely important, especially when life around you starts to be more stressful um, and squeeze in those areas and make things more uncomfortable. Um, And so where people would have before in those close relationships told us the hard things that we needed to hear, those people just kind of fell out of our lives. And the people, um, there was few of them, but the ones that we did choose to surround ourselves with weren't really the ones um, 
who were going to really tell us the tough things that needed to be heard. And so long and short of it, there was some issues of infidelity that came up. And so just again, um, when we tell the story and the reason why we choose to only share all the major parts of it with people face to face when we're asked is because I really want in a story that I don't know if anybody watches in our circle, they didn't, but like what you would hear on Jerry Springer. (laughs) And the reason that I only say that is because um, it's a crazy, crazy story. And so the only reason why I tell you that it would like compare and on some of the Jerry Springer stuff, like would put those stories to shame, our story would. The only thing I say that for is to know that we were in a really, really bad place. And so if the Lord can get us to where we're at today um, and salvage and redeem our story, then I want you to know that nothing is too far gone from him. And so if you're in a place of sitting there and shaking your head and like, no, 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 you haven't heard what we went through. Trust me, if you could hear the full unedited version, it's horrific. But what we always want to do is not shed light on our story and put the spotlight there, but we want to put up the spotlight on what the Lord has done and what he can redeem and does restore. So that was definitely the case. And so in 2011 and 2012, Um, Our marriage fell apart and should not be together today um, in earthly circumstances for over a year because of this relationship that went on. Um, And so it literally, I didn't find out till the very end of it and went so bad that I was like racking my brain because I couldn't find any evidence of anything. And so at the end, before I found out what was actually going on, I had literally convinced myself that my husband had a brain tumor because he became such a person that I didn't know that I was like, what in the world is going on? And if I can't find any evidence of where, you know, most assumptions would go that there was some infidelity going on, then because I can't see um, anything that is proving that no matter where I look, then it has to be a brain tumor. Um, and so that's literally how bad it was. But the Lord and his sovereignty and perfect timing and the way that he so often does and how he is into the details and just the Holy Spirit knows what all of us need, not just, hey, because I'm praying you know, for Jim Bob to be fixed, what Jim Bob needs, but he knew where I needed to be and where the people who were going to surround us and help pick up the pieces needed to be. He allowed all of the things to become uncovered and unleashed when we were all in the perfect position in order for him to repair um, and redeem what was going to need big time fixing. (laughs) Um, And so it's really neat how he, I just firmly believe that it was his hand keeping things covered up because I was an awesome private detective (laughs) and didn't need to hire somebody for that. And so um, there was definitely, you know, places that I was looking and things that I was looking for that I should have unearthed things. And I didn't until it wasn't his perfect timing. And so um, again, nothing about it was neat at the time when you're walking through that. But after the fact, it is so neat to look back over the details and just realize that he's in those fully and completely. Oh my goodness. I have so many things I could say, but you know, it's interesting how you just, that last phrase you said about you being a private detective. I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast that I am in grad school right now to be a marriage and family therapist. And just today, the chapter I was reading, it was talking about, there's all these verbal villains when it comes to conversations and, you know, especially in the counseling world. But one of the verbal villains is called a private detective, meaning you're gathering information. I'm not saying this is you, but this is a reflection of what you're not doing now is um, you gather information just for the sake of nosiness, you know, like not so much for actually helping the person. And so that's why I, I actually love the way you just shared this story, like you said, I know if it was just you and me and nobody else listening, you would totally share details of things, but it's actually more powerful to me 
when sometimes those details just really don't need to be shared because then the details get glorified and not God, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I love that that also reflects how much healing God has done in your heart because you're not just over here being like, well, this happened next and then this, you know, like that just, it's really powerful. So because the mere fact is even without anybody knowing the details, infidelity period, that's huge to say we've not only walked through it, we're on the other side and we can talk about it, which means we have healing from it. So what would you say to somebody that possibly, in fact, I mean, I know several people in my own life who are walking through this, like currently, mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who maybe just found out something about their spouse? It might be infidelity. It could just be something different, but basically it just totally broke their trust in their relationship. Right. And that is at the heart of it at what it is because the Lord is so sweet and things too, that as I was finding out, it wasn't all unearthed in one moment. And so it was little layer by layer. And every time I thought, Oh my word, you know, everything is a comparison. And the fact is, is that your pain is a hundred percent your pain. Um, and it's painful to you, no matter whether somebody else would say that's painful or not. Um, and so in the early stages of finding out little pieces of this, I was like, Oh my word, this is total broken trust. Like this is not who I thought I married. And let's be real, is anybody who we really think they are when we, mm-hmm. you know, bow on the altar as we start to live out life, you fully know somebody and you realize like, okay, now that you're fully known, you're not, you know, who I assumed you were when I took these vows. And that's the point of the vow, right? That we're vowing to be fully committed to them no matter what or what we find out. And so, yes, in the layers of that, as it was revealed, it was just a total like broken trust after broken trust over and over and over again. So we are um, from like the full discovery of everything out in the open. We are seven years removed now. And so just realize that as I speak to this, there's been a lot of time and it's not that time heals anything, but time gives the Lord a lot more time to do the work. And so know that we have been through a lot of counselors for this. I've had a lot of full crying night sessions with the Lord, reading through things, talking to people who have been through this. And so, yes, he's had time to work on my heart. And so that would be the biggest thing that I would say is give yourself and the Lord time, but not only just waiting on time to do something, but be proactive in that. And then just find other stories like ours where you can point to the fact that there is hope that you can pull through this because that was huge for us, whether it was in our child loss story or in our marriage or in our health journey with what we've gone through this year, just finding people who are steps ahead of that and who have not only survived it, but who have thrived through the season and come out on the other side to tell the story. And that's why we're talking, right? <laughs> yeah. I love too what you said just a second ago about how your pain is your pain. Because actually, whenever I interviewed my sister, it's been several episodes ago about her cancer, her breast cancer story, mm-hmm. she said she wrestled with, you know, she found it very early stages. They were able to surgically remove it. She didn't have to have chemo. And so she actually wrestled at first with kind of guilt because she had other friends who had cancer who they had to have all of it, you know, like it was like horrible. And she realized, you know, the Lord showed her like, no, this is your pain. You know, like it's still hard. It's still, so the details, again, it goes back to that whole, it doesn't matter if the exact details don't line up. It's still hurtful to you, no matter what the thing is. So I'm glad that you said that you can't start doing that comparison thing of, well, at least it wasn't that bad, you know, and you know, that kind of a thing. So that's really, really powerful. And I also love what you said about um, emotions a little bit ago. And, you know, the cool thing about emotions that I'm learning more of is that 
they are real, but part of the time why they control us is because we didn't stop and fill them for the time we should have, you know? So then like if we sometimes just sitting, like leaning into the emotions, actually my professor says this a lot. She's like, lean into the emotion, see what's at the root of it, deal with it and then move on, you know? So it's not like running the show for 10 years from now kind of a thing. Yes. So you brought up two really good points that I was like, oh, we have to bring it back <laughs> on that again. Um, okay, so before we move on, I actually kind of love how in the beginning you really kind of set the tone for what we're going to talk about, talking about how you've kind of moved to different valleys. Before we move on to talk about the next valley that you started to mention a second ago, is there anything else about your marriage story that you like feel led to share? I can't remember if you and I texted about this earlier today, but something that's come up a lot lately, just because again, I think it's our age and just people are far enough in our age group that have been married for a certain time to where these things are coming to the surface. And so we're seeing more of more trust, maybe not necessarily infidelity, but just a realization of like, Hey, did I really sign up for this? And this is where I really want to be. And truth be it, more of them are walking away um, from the vows that they took than the ones that we're seeing staying in it. Um, And so I just want to really speak quickly because it's on my heart to the people who do have an option to stay because when everything came to light for us in that 2012 time, um, it really did boil down to a choice of was, you know, Jim Bob going to own up to the choices that he had made and choose to rebuild that? And then was I going to accept staying in the marriage and both of us work on that together? And so we absolutely had a choice to walk away. Um, from the huge mess that we had both created, you know, whether one of us had more of a play in that or not, you can say, you know, whatever you want, but at the end of the day, it takes two. And so there was a huge mess that was sitting in front of us. And um, as we have talked about just through the different people that were walking and counseling and praying through and just leading them through um, this season of where they're at, it is so tragic to me seeing the other side of them walking away and just seeing what the Lord really saved us from, because I think we have started started to believe a lie culturally that divorce is easier than staying. Mm. Um, and the truth is, is that when you covenant with someone and especially when there's children involved and then just, you know, this family that you've created, um, there is work on either side of that and there's heartache, whether you choose to stay or whether you walk away. And so there's really no getting away from this covenant that you've walked into, whether you're choosing to stay in that and stay true to it or end it. Um, so I just think that the enemy is like having a heyday, not only with the mess that he is creating and devastation of that, um, but leading people to think that they can truly walk away from something because you can't. Um, and it's just so tragic to me to see the other side of that, of you're going to have work either way. Um, and so to us, we see it like, why not stay and do the work there? Yeah. Why do you think that more people are choosing to walk away now more than ever? I think as a society, we buy into this easy life mm-hmm. <laughs> and there really is no easy. Yeah. So true. And, you know, I heard once, I believe it was Jimmy Evans, don't quote me. It was one of the marriage conferences, but said that, you know, the enemy likes to do snapshots and the Lord is more of a futuristic, you know, and so with the enemy, he shows us the here and the now and the hard, and he gets us to stare at that. And he tells us these lies of, well, this is just always how it's going to be. You know, this is, this is what you've signed up for. Do you really want to live the rest of your life like this? And, you know, Matt and I have even found in our own marriage, we kind of go through marriage. Somebody told me this, you know, I can relate to so many of the things that you said. And in fact, I feel like when I get off here, I'm going to go hug Matt and be like, we should hang out. You know, like it's just it's so good to talk to other people. Cause it just, you know, yeah. it's that whole iron sharpening iron reminding you yes. 
oh my gosh, are we keeping each other priority? Because it's just so easy to slip out so of easy. You know, keeping each other priority and whatnot. But I remember before we got married, someone told us, oh, marriage is like a roller coaster. You're going to have your ups and your downs, you know, seasons where you're real, real close. And then other seasons where maybe you've got a lot going on. And I remember we did the pride thing too of, oh, but not us. We're so in love, you know, mm -hmm. that won't, that won't be us. But even to this day, we do, we have seasons where we are kind of, you know, closer and not closer. And when we definitely notice that there's tension or there's distance or whatever, we're like, uh oh, it's time for a date night or it's time for something to kind of pull us back together. Yeah, there truly is nothing new under the sun, even though the stories are a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, so now let's talk about your next valley. You kind of started to talk about it. So actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I wanted to ask you one more thing about marriage before we go on, and it's just a practical okay. thing. To anybody listening, by the way, anytime I ask for practical tips from people, this does not mean it's going to work for you. It's just mm -hmm. ideas for you to ask God, hey, maybe this would work. For me, maybe not. But for you guys, what did that look like on the other side of what you were walking through? Like practically speaking, how did you get help? It really started mentally. Um, and before everything was uncovered, I had a friend who actually just so awesome. Again, just legacy of that. It goes back to what I was saying of like, it's may seem easier to walk away. Her parents, her mom was actually the one who was unfaithful and then they came back together and chose to rebuild their marriage and off of that they have children who are befriending people like us um, and in our situation who then was able as a daughter of somebody whose marriage had gone through that was able to walk us um, through the season and so she told me because she knew one of the very few people um, that was surrounding us and speaking truth into things she knew how much our practice and the kids had started to take up mental space um, more so than our marriage and that was a big priority shift that was a problem for us. And so she said, you know what, you've got to get to a place where no matter what comes of this and what happens, if you're choosing to stay and you guys choose to rebuild this, that you're willing to lose everything for the sake of your marriage surviving. Um, and so mentally we had to say like, you know what, no matter how much money it costs me or how much staff I have to lose or how many days we have to be away from the office and patients are upset, or if our practice gets shut down over this, are we going to be okay with that? Because our marriage is making it. Um, are we going to be okay with moving into a much smaller house, which we had to do to rebuild because we had to get away from the neighborhood that we were in. Are we going to be okay with leaving these small kids overnight to go seek counseling in another state, which we had to do. Um, and so it really had to become like, are you really saying that this is important? Or are you going to walk out that this is really important? Um, and so at the time when we both decided like, yes, we are in this for the long haul. Um, we didn't know if he was going to end up with another child um, from this relationship. And so that took months to uncover. And so there was just a lot of what ifs that we really had to turn over and say, like, this is in the hands of the Lord. And he's given us both the peace about staying um, in this relationship and rebuilding this mess. And so what that had to look like was everything had to drop in order to fix this major bleed that we had going out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we sought counsel um, from people who had walk this road, not just general marriage stuff, because this was obviously far from just the general, like, Hey, we need a little help. Like, no, we needed a lot of help. And so, and took off, you know, time from practice when he couldn't be fully present 
in that because mentally this was taking a lot of space. We had a move um, and I had a counselor actually speak into that. And so I love, and I don't know if you've heard this in your classes before, but one of our counselors, and we still go back to it on different reasons, not just for marriage now, but he would say halt. And so he said, anytime that you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, then you don't need to make major decisions. Mm. And so when um, there was major decisions that needed to be made, because obviously with two small children and businesses, we couldn't just stop all decision making, then we would get major outside counsel and not just from one person, um, but from several people on that. And then obviously with prayer, making sure that all of those lined up together, because we knew that we weren't in a spot to make those major life altering decisions. So for us, that included moving time off from the practice, you know, going elsewhere, putting in a lot of time and money into counsel. And was it worth it? Yes. Do I look back and count the numbers uh, on the money that we put into this? No, because there's not a price tag for me for having our family intact and healthy. I love that. You said two really powerful things in that. Well, you said a lot of powerful things, but two that jumped out to me that I want to repeat because I want the listeners to really catch them when the first was when you said, and I'm paraphrasing what you said, but you said something to the effect of what are you willing to lose to save your marriage? Mm -hmm. And that's so powerful because I feel like you could take away that word marriage and really replace it with anything that's important to you. You know, Um, I mean, shoot, think about how, when we come to faith, you know, like we're literally surrendering our life to Christ saying, you know what, I'm willing to lose friends. I'm willing to lose whatever it costs me because I am so sold out on the fact that I want a relationship with you. And that's just the same with marriage. That's so Mm -hmm. powerful. And then, you know, those moments when you sit there and have that internal dialogue with yourself. And so I wouldn't have told you that our practice was more important than our marriage or that my kids were, but it, when it came down to somebody asking me like, okay, are you willing to take a week off to go work on this? We would have been like, absolutely not. We can't because you start having all those excuses. Like, how am I going to, you know, make the mortgage payment if we don't have the money coming in from adjusting the patients? Um, how are we going to, you know, handle patients being mad because we're not there, you know, for a week or whatever. And so, although we wouldn't have said with our words that that's what we were doing, then our actions were definitely speaking otherwise. And so I just think there's anytime you can come up with excuses because everybody has them, but you can also find a way around those excuses in order to make something work if you're really called to that. Yeah. And I love that too, what you just said about, I mean, because again, that applies to daily living is that our actions are so much louder than our words. We all say that all the time that faith family and then everything Mm -hmm. else, you know, and, but really, (laughs) is it really that when, you know, when push comes to shove? So I love that. And then I also loved your halt. I have heard that theory before, but I like the, I've not heard it in that acronym. And so I love that halt. You said that stands for hungry, angry, Angry. lonely, or tired. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's so good. Not make any big decisions at that time. That's so good. Okay. Well, thank you for those practical tips. I think those actually are applicable to everybody. Sometimes people give practical tips that are like super niche, Mm -hmm. but those are really, really good tips that I think. And I said more on the practical tips on the do, but the other two really big things that we feel like the Lord just, again, in his sovereignty, thank you, Jesus protected us because it wasn't any wisdom on our own that did this. But now having walked so many through this, just looking from the outside in, like, oh my goodness, thank God I didn't do that. Um, I would say that he really, and you've heard this in counseling about really being 
careful um, talking to family about things in depth when you're walking through this sort of thing, because you're going to be the one who has to, again, if you choose, stay in that covenant and have relationship with your spouse, but your family's not going to see it the way that you do. And so that can be really hard depending on what you choose to share with them. But the same thing goes with close friendships. And so we chose like three people who were really walking us through the nitty gritty of this. And so I would say pick a few and be really selective about that, but don't just blast it to everyone. Um, and then the other thing is that until not that the Lord can't use it during the middle of the valley and that he doesn't choose sometimes to have people share and walk that out. But for us, there was so much power in having our healing first. And again, not that there's still not days that things come up or triggers or layers that he, you know, in his graciousness and love um, shows us of like, Hey, this is still a spot that we need to work on together. Um, I think we've gone through so many other things that for us nowadays, our marriage isn't it because that valley seems to pill <laughs> in comparison to some of the other things that we've gone through and because he has done so much work in us on that. And so for us, that's just not the spot right now. Um, but there are still days that he's like, okay, there's this little, you know, struggle that we need to address or the reason why that makes you feel like that is because you haven't turned that over completely to allow me to heal. And so sometimes there still is a little bit of that. And so not that he can't cause you to speak up in that or use that, but I just see, especially in the social media realm, so many people choose to post things and walk things out and thank God we had people around us who were like, okay, please just like keep this close to home and circle the wagons and you don't need to blast this out to everybody because what we would have said not only would have not been wisdom in the time that we were walking through that because we were so raw and we still had so much to learn and heal on um, together, but there would have definitely been days that we weren't honoring of one another as we were walking through that. And again, even if you delete those posts, that stuff is out there forever. Same as the things that you say to people, like once it's out, you just can't take that back. So I would say just, you know, it is not a bad thing to just choose two or three and then get off the social media <laughs> um, and do your healing and and then when the Lord says that it's the right time and chooses to put certain things on your heart to share, then do that. But really, really be protective of that and use wisdom um, because I see so many that do so much more damage than they do good. I'm glad you said that. That is absolutely an epidemic, actually. And mm -hmm. I've thought that recently that I'm so thankful that when I was a teenager, there were no yes. cell phones, there was no Facebook, there yes. was no Instagram because my character would have done really stupid things and would have yes. posted horrific, awful pictures. And oh my goodness. Wow. So uh, this next generation, I mean, I sound like an old lady saying that, but <laughs> they definitely, you know, are up against a whole new level of things. But I think even, you know, it's not just the younger generation. It's everybody definitely needs to keep that in mind. And then I'm also glad you brought up the point about what you share. I've talked about this, um, or one of my professors has talked about this in one of my classes about mm -hmm. how important that is to not loop always the family in on all the details yep. and stuff because you get over it and they don't. And that yes. causes a lot more chaos than was necessary. Okay. So let's move on. Um, we're, we're starting to get close to being out of time. So let's move on to at least one more of your valleys that you mentioned. I will let you choose. Which one do you want to talk about next? Okay. So, um, again, like he redeemed the story, things were great. And, and we had always wanted a big family. And so that was one of the big, um, you know, dreams that I had to let die and just hand over to the Lord of like, what are you going to do with this? Because it's not, 
um, in my power to control this in the middle of all the marriage stuff. But I did want more than just the two kids that we had at the time. Um, but I had to show gratitude and just tell him that I'm going to do the best with the two that I have in front of me right now and just be so thankful. And then if you choose to do more with that later, um, then that's on you, but I'm going to surrender those dreams and those hopes to you. And so came out of that. And in 2013, we conceived our third child. Um, Evans was his name. And so there obviously was a lot of hope and healing going into that pregnancy and not at all was it on our radar that we would not get to raise that child on the side of heaven. Um, but he had a syndrome that we were unaware of during his pregnancy. And so my husband was out of town taking care of his father, who was, um, for what we knew, in a terminal um, situation in a hospital out of state. And so he flew out really quickly to take care of him. And this condition that our son had when I was pregnant, it causes you to go into early labor typically. We didn't know that. And so while he was out of town with his dad in the hospital, I go into labor and things happen really, really quickly. And so I delivered um, our son without him in town and he was able, fortunately, um, just again, total miracle to catch a flight back in time in order for us to both say goodbye to him, but he only survived um, a few hours. And so walking through, you know, just coming out of our marriage story and then having to say goodbye to a child, again, definitely not the story that we would have written, but um, just in looking back on stuff, we're like, Thank God that he chose to do things or not to do things because obviously we don't think that he did all of this, but allow um, us to walk through these things in the order that he did because had it been the reverse and us having lost a child and then the marriage stuff, I don't know that we would have survived maritally the way that we did. You always hear that grief um, and losing a child is super duper hard on a marriage um, and I can speak to that, but I think what he did in healing our marriage and building us up in definitely helped both of us walk each other through the loss and the journey of grieving through a child not being here. I love that you brought that up that God does not bring these things on, but he definitely can make good from the bad yes. that has come. Cause that's the, that is a misconception in the Christian Absolutely. world sometimes. So yeah. it's a great, great thing that you brought up. So that's a, another really big Valley. Like mm -hmm. these are two super big valleys. And can you share any more about just the process of that? I mean, what you walk through just as a woman, even losing a child and walking through all that. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I have come out of with that and just in dealing with it has just really been disappointment with the Lord. He built my faith up to such a place and us walking through because when you have um, a marriage where you are super duper close with your husband and we were and still are, um, but before the infidelity, each other's best friend and we work together day in and day out um, in our office. And so when you have that close of a relationship and then the infidelity comes and the separation of that, because we were separated for a while, when he stepped out of his place, the Lord became all the more close um, to me. And so just really stepped into that place where Jim Bob was no longer serving, you know, the purpose that he was called to do. And so it was me and Jesus like 24 seven. And he grew such a sweetness in me and my relationship with him and the things that he sowed into my faith and that I believe that he could do because we walked out a total miracle together. Um, and so I can remember in the hours after the birth that Jim Bob was on the flight trying to get back to us and they 
they were giving us all the news, you know, because we hadn't had the testing during pregnancy to know um, and nothing was alarming to cause us to have concern that anything was wrong. And so you go like picture perfect, um, two pregnancies, another third, that's great. And then all of a sudden we're sitting here with an early labor. And so not only are we birthing in a place that we didn't expect, but then, you know, all this care is happening and he's whisked off to NICU and they're like, it doesn't look good, blah, blah, blah. And so I can literally remember um, sitting in my hospital bed, looking over um, at the bassinet when they were working on Evans and just saying like, faith of a mustard seed, all it requires is just a little bit. And I have so much faith that I was like, what you're telling me isn't true. And he is going to grow lungs um, because he didn't have lungs, didn't have kidneys. And so I was like, he's going to grow those lungs right now. And he will be out of that bassinet, no problem. So there was not even a little bit in me that believed that he wasn't going to make it and that what the doctors and nurses were saying was true. And so when he didn't, um, I really, again, just that whole like, hey, I put in my prayer A, so why didn't I get B? Because that's what you do. And the Lord had done this in our marriage. And so it was no big deal um, for him to do this in a child. And so there was so much disappointment for so long. And that's why I do bring up the thing of him not causing this to happen, but allowing things just because that was a big part of that of like, yeah, in the marriage, it's easy to see that our choices were there. But in a child and death like that, that's a lot harder of a thing. But in both of those, what I will say, and what I have seen other people more recently walk out in their own journeys of death and things not coming um, to the miracle on this side that they expected is just that we have in our human mind so many questions that we think answers are going to be good enough for and that answers are going to bring answers when they don't because we will never understand why the Lord allows things like he does. Sometimes we do get those answers, um, but most of the time and in my experience, the answers that we have gotten don't suffice the question. Mm -hmm. um, because that question is really a longing that again, in his sovereignty, he puts in us on this side of heaven to realize that we're living in a broken, it's never going to be right world so that we will long for the other side of this, because there's no way that I would long for eternity if things went the way that I would hope for them to, um, on this side in the flesh without these things that remind me that we live in such a broken world and that it's only going to be perfected there. Yeah, that's such a great reminder. How would you say you have overcome that disappointment? Because I know pretty sure everybody listening has had some kind of blowing disappointment that you're like, it really just shakes your faith, you know, and it shakes your, just it gets to your core that you kind of just question your mere existence at times, to be yeah. honest. So how have you walked through that? again, on this side of it, because he would be turning five <laughs> in June. And so it's been a long time that we've been walking this out so far. Um, and frankly, some days it still feels really, really fresh. Um, and then some days I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. You've brought us so far. And so just giving yourself grace that he is working something good in that. Um, there is really something to be said. I mean, Rachel, we're having this conversation right now off of what he does and seasoning and strengthening your faith through these hard things, because there is something um, so sweet about a love and a relationship that is kindled through hard times and not just everything going the way that one person expects that it should. You know, there's some days that I can say this more than others, but overall, <laughs> where he has me at right now is just that I am so thankful that he works out things the way that he sees fit to and not the way that Cindy would have it. Because although I could 
blame him or, you know, be angry or be stuck in, Hey, this didn't go the way that I want to. The flip side of that coin is that he's worked out a lot of things in a way that I would never have seen to do. And so I am so thankful that I serve a God who's bigger um, and in control and who does things differently than I do, even when in the immediate, it doesn't work out like I wish or hoped or think that it should. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good reminder. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm curious, how did that grief process look different from you versus your husband? Because I know men and women kind of handle things. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's one of the things that I feel like he really worked in us and walking us through our marriage stuff before he walked us through the death, because I don't think we would have had as much grace with each other. And namely me, I had to have a lot more grace with him because I tell him like, I don't know, you'd have to ask him on this still because I would ask him recently. Recently. But um, initially, it was really, really hard. And that those initial like faith prayers that I had of watching um, Evans in the bassinet and really believing that he was going to get up and overcome that, those were pretty much alone because he was on an airplane, not knowing you know the severity of the situation and what had happened. Um, and so, with me birthing and having the immediate moments without him there, that was a real struggle for me because I felt alone in the fact that I had prayed those prayers and believed on, and I was the one that was let down by the Lord. Whereas when he got there, um, we really knew that, you know, outside of a huge major miracle, things happened really quickly once he got from the airport to the hospital. And then we were led back in the NICU to tell him goodbye for now. Um, And so he didn't have that pocket of sitting there and really wrestling through what the staff was telling in those prayers and stuff. And so how we related even to the Lord um, on that initial part of the grief journey was really different. And I think that started out um, our, our whole grieving differently. And so we grieved really, really differently. He definitely wasn't as angry um, on the outside. Obviously, everybody has those moments. Um, but I think I went through a lot more anger with the Lord. I went through a lot more distrust, whereas he was just like, he's sovereign. I know he's going to bring good out of that. And that's not to say he didn't have his nights of weeping and you know, sorrow and that we don't still miss him and all that. Um, And then you've got the whole other side where a woman is always going to grieve differently because I'm, you know, lactating without a baby to breastfeed and my body's recovering from birth without a baby, you know, to tell you that that has just happened. And so I'm still dealing with leftover weight from that pregnancy when that was never, you know, a struggle with other pregnancies. And so there's just a lot of that, that not only physically um, happened, that was so vastly different, but emotionally Um, That was very different too. But I think from just, you know, realizing that we had walked and gotten through from the Lord successfully redeeming things, other valleys before, it was a point that we could point back to of like, hey, he led us through that. And so even though I'm not feeling it right now, and even though this is so different, I know that he's capable of leading us through this. Um, And our anger at each other was even like sweeter. And I don't know if easier is the right word. Uh, but we came through it together relatively easier just because, again, we had had to give each other grace before and the marital struggles. Yeah. And so now after you lost Evans, you now have how many more kids? So we, um, then the Lord led us through, again, it was a process yeah. <laughs> of adoption um, in the middle of that we were originally going to adopt from China. And any of you guys who have looked into or been through that process know that it is really lengthy. And so ours was no exception. Um, we did not plan on adoption being something that stopped us from having biological children. And so that was always in the plan, but my husband's adopted. And so that had been 
on his heart, definitely. But the Lord, um, through Evans and then our marriage story and stuff, softened me to adoption and called us to that. And so when we were walking through all of the adoption process to adopt from China, we conceived um, almost a year later from when we had lost Evans. And so it took us a long time, quote unquote, from our long for us to conceive. And then that first pregnancy after losing Evans, we also miscarried. And so that was another crazy valley, like, Lord, what in the world are you doing with this? Um, and then in the middle of his adoption, which later became Tate, our domestic adoption, it's in the middle of China, we get this um, pregnancy, have a miscarriage with that one. And then we conceive our youngest now, Witten. And during Witten's, I think we were like two months pregnant with him. We got a call from a patient who had some connections with a local mom who was having her seventh child and wasn't going to be able to keep that child and wanted to know if we'd be interested in domestic adoption. And so we said, absolutely 110% yes. And so we adopted him. And when he was seven months old, so Tate is our domestically adopted little boy, China just kind of fizzled out because of some different things there that we won't get into. But our domestic adoptions name is Tate. And then we had Witten, our youngest, when Tate was seven months old. And so they're Irish twins, our little rainbow babies. <laughs> so we have four here, but five total. Yeah. And you know, it's cool to kind of like bring our conversation full circle. I remember seeing on your Instagram story, I think kind of recently you were sharing a little thing that Jim Bob had said about your marriage and how God had redeemed it. And then up popped a picture of, is it Witten? Is that your youngest? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think Jim Bob was holding them or you probably know which picture I'm talking about, but it just said, just think if you guys had not decided to make that decision to stay and fight for your marriage, this little guy would not be here. And that's such a beautiful visual of that whole, like you were saying earlier about, you know, people making that decision that no, I'm just going to walk. And now you get to actually show the fruit of what happens if you're willing to stay and fight. So that's really powerful. I don't know if it's in the like pro-life movement or adoption or whatever, but in one of those circles, there's the hashtag of hashtag, we could have missed this. And that's how we feel about our marriage story. Cause there's so much, I mean, not only our kids, but then just so much on the other side of that, that had the Lord not given us the grace and the strength to fight and stay and do the hard work. We could have missed this. Yeah, that is powerful. I'm going to go look up that hashtag. I hadn't heard of that. That's really powerful. Okay. Well, we're out of time, so we don't get to get into another really big valley that you guys are kind of currently still walking through, right? Yes, ma'am. We're going to leave the listeners on the edge of their seat. And so what's going to happen here is I'm going to have to just bring you and Jim Bob back on because then maybe he could like tell his piece of the story Mm -hmm. since it kind of happened to him. Um, But obviously you're walking alongside him with it. And also just because I was totally serious, those of you who are listening, I will drop in the show notes, all the links where you can find Cindy and her husband, Jim Bob, totally serious when I say that really just you guys have been a blessing in our life in so many ways, but one of the really big ones has been in teaching us how to take care of our bodies the way God intended. Um, and you know, we've done that through chiropractic and young living essential oils and a bunch of different things that you guys have taught us. And so I definitely want to bring you guys back on for you to share the rest of your story and for us to talk a little about some health stuff. Cause I think more people need to know about it. But if I'm totally going to put you on the spot for a second to close out and you said something earlier and you are so right in this, when we have personally walked through something, we kind of get the authority to speak to it more so than someone who hasn't walked through it. And so I would love it if you would feel comfortable to 
you can choose either speak a word of encouragement or a prayer. Doesn't have to be anything fancy, but just a simple mm-hmm. prayer over anybody listening who, when they heard your story in both of those departments, totally are like walking through it or honestly just are in a valley period. Like even if you're listening today and you're like, well, I haven't experienced those particular valleys, but you're just in a valley in some way, shape or form. I feel like that God has just really given you the authority to speak to that. And so I would love for you to just close us out with that. Yep. I would love to. Okay. I'm going to pray because I feel like that covers much more than my words do. And that is his words. And so that's what I really have on my heart. So that's what I will speak. So Father, I just praise you so much that nothing, nothing, nothing takes you by surprise and that you are the author of peace and you're the author of hope. And so I um, know that there are people right now who are hearing my words that aren't hearing it on the day that this was recorded, um, that things are happening in them right now that they may not have even seen on the horizon um, when we got on to do this podcast, but you knew um, because every story you know the beginning and the end before it's even there and it doesn't take you by surprise and there is peace found in you even when all the circumstances around us just make us feel like complete and utter chaos and surprise and so i pray right now that whoever hears my words in this or who um, finds this podcast just because they're walking through something whether that's marriage or a death, or a friendship loss, or a business, whatever the thing is, Father, um, that is taking them by surprise and disappointing them, um, I pray first and foremost that they would just feel such peace from you and such hope, um, and that you would give them long-term vision. We are in a world that tells us that it is fast, and that tells us that it is about us and about feeling good, but I pray that you would allow them to dig in deep and do the hard work because you are giving them the long vision to see um, that literally trajectories of legacies can be changed from the choices that they partner with you to have the strength um, and the wisdom to make choices that the world may not be telling them to make. And so I pray that this story doesn't point to us um, and to the details of us and the awe of us and the grossness of all that we went through, but that it would do nothing but to point to you and just, um, how grand you are and that you are still in the miracle working and redemption business, even when it doesn't look like we might expect that to look. And so um, I just pray that you would just stir up such hope and such peace in people from hearing this podcast. And just thank you so much that you're into the details and that you carved out time um, for Rachel and I to be able to record this. And we are trusting that by putting it in your hands that people are going to be left with your words and that anything that we said that they didn't need to hear, that you would just cause that to fall. Um, aside and that you would just use this for your glory for a time that is much longer than just the time that we had tonight to put this under recording. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Can you see now why I have so much love and respect for our friends, Cindy and Jim Bob? I know their story will bring you hope in the midst of your valleys. I briefly share that Dr. Cindy and Jim Bob are the ones who introduced my husband and I to Young Living Essential Oils, and they've become part of our everyday life to stay healthy in our household. Cindy wouldn't tell you this because she's so humble, but they are able to sell their practice and work together from home because God so blessed their Young Living business. My husband's also a chiropractor, and we're all so passionate about getting essential oils into the homes of everyone, so we decided to give a special starter kit offer to Real Talk with Rachel listeners. 
You can click the link in the show notes to order your starter kit, which comes with everything you need to get started. And as a thank you gift for listening to the show, we will give you $25 cash back on that kit. To redeem, place your order and send your email to rachel at rachelgilbert.com that's listed in the show notes to get that $25 cash back via PayPal. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode and leave those iTunes reviews. We greatly appreciate them. All right, friends, that's all for today. And hey, don't forget to get real, stay free, and pursue those God-given dreams.